Hey everybody, welcome back. Glad you're here. And I want to thank you for stopping by. So I wanted to jump on here real quick. There's something that kind of got on my nerves here a little earlier. Doesn't really get to me personally. It's just something that kind of bugs me. <clears throat> so what we have is on the Facebook, as it were, we have something called Fairmont Community. So this is the place where you can put your compliments, concerns, complaints, uh, whatever you have. And mostly it's complaints. If you read on there, it's just about all complaints. But uh, here's one of the things that kind of got me <laughs> a little, uh, a little uh, upset, I guess you could say, or a little disgruntled. Uh, as we have someone here who says another great reason to shop with local businesses whenever and wherever possible. Well, that's great. That's actually not what their original post said. They changed that uh, before it was saying essentially quit buying at these places. Uh, it was more or less talking about how evil these people are. And here's the reason why. It said the hourly wages. Now, I don't know where they got this information. It's just a picture that they screenshot and threw it up on the page, which means it's true. But we'll just go with what it says. We'll just take it as fact, even though I don't think it is true. It says hourly wages, Dollar General, $8. Kroger, $10. We have Walmart is $11. CVS, $11. Home Depot, $11. And Lowe's, $12. Well, if that's the case, then maybe you should work at Lowe's instead of Home Depot if they pay a dollar more. But uh, but here we go. So, so now, once again, it says the Dollar General hourly wages uh, are $8, but it says the 2020 profits. Now, I love this because first and foremost, here it is not even the end of 2020 yet, but they're saying that the 2020 profits. Now, how would you be showing your profit for the whole year if the year hasn't ended? But, you know, facts are not important whenever we're posting things on Facebook. So we'll just put up whatever it says and we'll just count that as being true. So it says Dollar General 2020 profit was $1.4 billion. Well, there we go. That's a lot of money. Kroger was 2 billion. Walmart 15.6 billion. Well, they've got everybody beat there. CVS is 6.2 billion. Home Depot is 10 billion and Lowe's is 4.9. So, according to what they're posting here, which I don't believe what they put here is true, frankly. Uh, I've seen jobs paying much more than that at Lowe's. I've pay, I've seen people making less than $8 at Dollar General. Uh, I believe uh, people at Dollar General, you know, some people start at minimum wage. Some people start uh, just about all these places at minimum wage, or they can. Home Depot and Lowe's pay a little bit more than I know of. I think Walmart does pay close to 11. I'm not sure. But uh, nevertheless, for some reason, they put what people make hourly and what the company made or will make 2020 profits. I don't understand why well, I do. Uh, I, I understand it very well. But <laughs> these people put the two things in the same in the same picture here. And I had a comment that I put on there, you know, well, my car can do 150 miles an hour. And that's not to say anything great. Uh, you know, my car's a 2008. I figure a, a newer Audi could probably do 170, 180. Uh, some of these really nice, uh, you know, get an A8 or something like that. You can get closer to 200, but the speed limit's 70. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like going fast just as much as anybody else, maybe more. Uh, <laughs> But if my car can do 150 and the speed limit is 70, what what does it matter what my car can do? In the grand scheme of things, what does it matter? Yeah, it's fun to have, but just, just because the car can do one thing doesn't mean 
um, that it, it's going to, you know, be at that speed all the time. Doesn't mean that I should drive at that speed all the time, although I'd love to do, you know, 80, 90, 100 everywhere I go. But these two things here have nothing in common. Just because the company made a profit doesn't mean that you should get paid more. I think there's a lot of people who they see things and they get jealous. They see 1.4 billion for Dollar General and they get jealous saying, well, they made a profit, so I need more money. People don't understand that companies and the economy and business, this is a race. It's, it's not try and help each other get, let's try and get ourselves across the finish line. We're just, it's friendly competition. No, it's a drag out race. And this can be seen or it could be seen. Back whenever there were four gas stations here at Kingmont, at the exit here, the Fairmont-Kingmont exit, they had four gas stations, one on every corner there of the interstate crossover and the overpass there. And whenever one of them would change their price, the other three would change their price. One of them would go up, the other three would go up, or one would go down, the other three would go down. They would do that because they're in competition with each other. And there's a really neat video and maybe sometime I'll share it on Facebook so people can see it. But the video essentially talks about why is it that whenever you see a McDonald's somewhere, you see a Wendy's right there? Why is it that whenever you see an AutoZone in one place, you see an Advance or an O'Reilly's right there close by or a Napa? Why are they so close together? And it shows that there's a certain point in time where you would think, and I would think, I did think, that it would be smart, hey, they're not over here, so I'll jump over here and I'll take more of the market share. But maybe most of the people are over here close to where this Wendy's is instead of over close to where this Burger King is. So you start realizing that maybe where that one is placed is the best place for business. And when you put another company there in direct competition with that company, that gives you more of the market share. You can split that market share instead of maybe them getting seven tenths and you getting three tenths. But here we have people talking about the profits, and I guess they think that because Walmart made, supposedly made $15.6 billion this year, I figure that's probably low. I would venture to say Walmart and uh, Amazon did pretty well this year. Um, you know, I think people need to re realize that whenever the economy goes into a downturn of sorts, and this is a downturn caused by governors, this was not caused by the president, this was not caused by a virus, Let's remember, this was not caused by a virus. This was caused by the reaction to the virus. Uh, had we have just kept everything open, the economy would have been the strongest it's ever been in my lifetime, and that's without a doubt. And you can say that we'd have 5 million people dead, and I, I would say you're a liar uh, because you don't have any stats to back that up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so let's get back to this. So we have people here posting things saying, well, they're making money, so I should make more money. Well, here's one of the things I want to tell you, and this uh, Forbes agrees with me. And I know you will say, well, Forbes, all they care about is is making money. Well, that's true. They're they're a money magazine. They're a money newspaper. That's what they're about. But you know what? I would venture to say and I have reason to believe and facts to prove that the minimum wage should not be. It should not exist. It's not that it shouldn't be seven dollars. It shouldn't be 15. It shouldn't exist. There should be no federal minimum wage. And let me tell you why. I've worked for businesses before where one of the most expensive costs that we had was labor. When you have a business and that business deals in customer service of sorts, uh, whenever it's in entertainment, whenever it's in nearly anything that, that has to do with customer service, you take a hospital, things of that sort as well. 
your labor costs are very, very expensive. You could be 20, 30, 40% of your business could be labor costs. So let me ask you, when you have someone who has minimum skills, minimum knowledge, minimum abilities, maybe even minimum work ethic, I'm not trying to say that somebody making minimum wage is not a good person. I'm not even saying that somebody making minimum wage isn't a hard worker. They could be a very hard worker. But let me tell you a quick little story about how it was. And I'm going to talk about the bowling alley here because this is exactly the point that I want to make because I'm going to admit where I was wrong and I don't do this very often. So I hope you stick in here with me. When I started at the bowling alley out in Pleasant Valley, there was a man named Dave Holbert that I really liked working for. And he was a gentleman that was the manager of the bowling area. And he and uh, Charles Carpenter would work together just about all the time. And, and they had that place running well. We had maintenance guys who were back there maintaining the lanes, making sure things were working properly. Things were just awesome back in, you know, 2000 or so, um, 2000, 2001. And one of the things that I thought was funny, it was one of my first days over in the bowling area. I was over there trying to help clean up. And they said, well, Kevin, go mop the bowling area. Well, that's a lot of area to mop up, but, you know, went over to do that. So I had my mop in my bucket and I, you know, take the mop out of the bucket and I squeeze the thing so that I'm taking the moisture that I take the water out of the mop and I just plop it down on the ground and I'm, you know, swabbing the deck as it were. I'm just kind of back and forth, no pressure, not really doing anything, just, you know, kind of just getting the floor wet. And Dave comes over to me and he says, Kevin, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm mopping. He said, no, you're not. You're just, you're getting the floor wet. I said, well, isn't that what mopping is? I was so sheltered and people want to say this about me. That's fine. I was so sheltered growing up that I didn't know how to mop the floor at 16 years old. Okay. So I'm not, people talk about, oh, you're, you, you've been spoiled. Yeah, I have been spoiled. Um, there are a lot of things that I did not know. And how to mop the floor was one of them. I, you don't mop carpet. Uh, and a lot of my room and, you know, everything else was carpeted. But anyway, so you have people who they don't have these skills. I'm not demonizing them for not having the skills. I didn't have the skill. I didn't know how to mop the floor. And you know what? Dave showed me. You put pressure into it. He said, you see those little uh, marks over there where somebody scuffed their shoe? Uh, take those out. You see this area here, somebody spilled some ketchup, take that out. You see this pop over here, it's sticky, take that down. You have to put some pressure to the mop. You have to work the mop. You have to work that area. You're not just getting the floor wet. You're actually here to serve a purpose. And that's, I know it's just something that seems very simple to, to many of you, but you have to understand that right there, just that opportunity to learn gave me more value in the marketplace. We had training at that same bowling area, at the bowling alley. We had training. People came in and talked to us about customer service, how we could take care of the customer, how we could serve the customer, how we could look out for their best interests. I went on a campaign up to uh, Lasertron, which is the company that sold us the vest that we had. I went up there and spoke to them up in that conference about service, about learning about customer service and things you can do to improve the customer experience. And one of the things that they had told us was a quick little story. They serve Lasertron up in uh, Amherst and in Buffalo. They focus on adults, not on children. Their theory is get the adults here. The children will just kind of come with them. But their saying is Lasertron is where adults go to play with friends and family. So like I said, they focus on getting the adults there. 
But they had this child's birthday party that was going on there. And they said that this father, this dad or this grandfather, whatever, he just didn't seem to be having a great time. He wasn't playing, uh, you know, laser tag. He wasn't doing these other things. He was just kind of sitting there, but he was probably one of the ones helping to pay for this. And the girl came over and she started speaking to him and she, she asked him, is there anything I can do for you? And he said, well, I could take some sushi. He was just joking. But she went, she spoke to the manager, she got money. She went next door to a place kind of like Publix, if you're down in Florida or, you know, just any grocery store or whatever. She went in there and she bought this sushi and she came back to him and gave it to him. Now, she didn't charge him for that. They did it out of petty cash or out of the drawer. They did that as a customer service because they wanted to show how they appreciated the customer. And I'm not saying you can do this every time or all the time, mind you. I'm just telling you a story of something that you can do. It's out of the box thinking. So this girl had the mindset that I'm going to go speak to my manager, see if he'll let me do this, and then I'm going to do this to help the customer have a good time. That customer, whenever she came back and she gave him that, she said that his eyes just kind of went to like a 40 yard stare. He couldn't believe that she did that. He was just talking. He wasn't actually saying that's what he wanted. He was just kind of making a comment, but she went and showed that she was willing to go above and beyond her job. She had no business going next door on the clock to do that, but she did. And when that guy left, he told her that he had never seen customer service like that before. He had never seen anyone go above and beyond to that extent. And, um, and you can imagine whenever you have something like that happen, that man is going to tell everybody he knows about that experience. Now I've heard it said before, if you get good customer service, you might tell one to three people. If you get, get bad customer service, you might tell 10 people or more, but still you imagine when you have good word of mouth, when you have good advertising, when you're out there doing a good job, when you're smiling, when you're doing all of these things, when you're working hard, when you're trying your best, you're going to go far in life. I don't care what you do. You're going to do well in life if you're working towards it. I want to look something up here. So give me just one second because it is something that I think is pretty important. And um, like I said, I, I apologize for doing this on the cuff here, but uh, or off the cuff, whichever it is. But um, this is something that I think is very interesting. I want to read to you a quote. This is by Martin Luther King Jr. And I heard this before, and this makes a lot of sense. It said, if a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. I get so tired of people saying that, you know, we look down upon people with minimum wage jobs or minimum wage skills. I don't look down upon people. I, I hope that they that they either enjoy what they're doing. Hey, let's face it. There are some people who like what they do. Some people, if you find a job, I haven't been there yet, but I'm getting there. I have not found a job yet. I don't think there's one that was close, but I haven't found a job yet that I would do if I wasn't getting paid for it. Have you found a job that you would do if you weren't getting paid for it? Is that something you would, uh, you would enjoy is just to volunteer, to donate your time, to do this job. Let's just say money isn't an issue. If money isn't an issue, what would you do? There are some people who would work down at the Burger King. 
There are some people who would work at the bowling alley. There are some people who would work wherever because that's what they enjoy doing. Maybe they like their coworkers. Maybe they like the job. Maybe they like the satisfaction. There are people who love to work on cars in their downtime. Maybe that's something you like doing. Maybe you are mechanically inclined. If that's something you enjoy doing and you can live your life and pay your bills, then go for it. Uh, nobody's demonizing anyone for what they make. What I want to say, though, is if you are not making what you think you are worth, then leave. I hate to say it, and I'm not bragging. I, one of the best things I did and one of the worst things I did was to fire somebody. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done, but sometimes that was mo one of the most satisfying things I I've ever done. I had one person in particular, a great worker. They did a great job, but they had a bad attitude and they didn't want to be there. They were really good with the customers, but as soon as the customer left, their attitude just went downhill and they weren't respectful. They didn't respect, they didn't respect their managers. They didn't respect the people who were working with them. They were a great person. I enjoyed spending time with them. I even thought that they were hilarious, but they were not happy where they were. And those people who are not happy where they are, especially if they're not happy with what they're making, they need to leave. And if you're a manager and you see someone who is not happy where they are, you are doing that person a great disservice by not getting rid of them. I know a lot of times we feel bad because we feel like, well, I, if I let them go, I don't know what they're going to do. Well, if you let them go, they might be able to find something that they enjoy. I think we're getting to the point where we're so worried about the bottom line that we're willing to, to take a toxic worker and keep them at a facility. I heard a guy named Gary V. I'm not a big fan of him just because of his language, but he does say some pretty impressive things or important things from time to time. And what he talked about one time is, let's say you have the best worker you've ever had. This person shows up, they work like crazy, they're there open to close, they never take a break, they never take holidays, they're, they're just there all the time that you can rely on them there. They're never missing from work. They're always there. He said that could be the best worker you have, but if they have a bad attitude, get rid of them. Don't even take a second's thought about it. Don't take a second to think about it. Get rid of them immediately. And the reason is a toxic attitude in work is it's, it's toxic for the whole company, for the whole workforce. You get one person in there and it just rottens the whole, the whole group of workers. You have one person who has a bad attitude. They ruin it for the company. So let's get back to where I was. This Forbes magazine that I was talking about, it's, uh, you know, they have a guy here. His name is uh, Gary Wolfram. And it says that he's the William Simon Professor of Economics and Public Policy at Hillsdale College. And let's just get to what he said here real quick. <clears throat> So his thing here was essentially it's the case against minimum wage. And I'll just uh, read this to you here for a second. <clears throat> it says in the Sherlock Holmes story, a scandal in Bohemia, Watson is chastised by Holmes for not knowing how many steps there are from the ground level to Holmes apartment. After informing Watson that there are 17 steps, he says that Watson Watson's problem is that he sees, but he does not observe. Bernie Sanders and those who support a minimum wage are like Watson. They see an increase in the minimum wage, but they, had not, they do not observe the unintended effects of the law. In fact, an increase in the minimum wage harms most of those the law is supposed to benefit. It says, let's start with an obvious point. No one can stay in business if a worker can only produce $10 an hour of value 
but the government forces them to pay their workers $15 an hour. A pay raise might sound compassionate, but it is not a sustainable option. Once a minimum wage is passed, the cost of producing goods unlike... Um, I'm sorry, the cost of producing goods made by unskilled workers will increase. This in turn means that fewer units can be made and that the price of the good itself will increase. Because of the increased price, fewer units will be sold, which ultimately results in fewer workers being hired. So this is what you have. You have people in government. Many of these people, <clears throat> like Joe Biden, have never worked a day in their life. They've never worked in the private sector. They've had a public sector job all their life. And let me say this. I'm not demonizing anyone. I have friends who work uh, in the public sector. They're some of the hardest people I know, hardest working people I know. And I'm not demonizing bureaucrats. I am demonizing bureaucracies to a certain extent because they allow mediocrity in a lot of these positions. But we have to understand, and these people who have never worked a job don't understand this. And this AOC, Ocasio-Cortez, she has no idea how things actually work. Uh, I think she spent more time drinking than she did serving alcohol behind the bar. But I digress. These people don't understand when you raise the cost of labor, you're going to lower the cost of your labor because you're going to get rid of those workers. You can't afford to keep higher paid workers around when they don't produce more than what they earn. For ex example, if you make, let's say, $20 an hour, your employer is not expecting you to make $20 an hour for the company. He's expecting you to make, or she's expecting you to make, $35, $40, $50, $60 an hour. You want to add in your health care that they have to pay for? You want to add in the unemployment? You want to add in all the taxes that they have to pay on your behalf? When you start adding up all these things that the that the cup the company itself is responsible for that worker needs to not only make what they what they earn but double or triple what they take in you cannot pay out more than what you're taking in the government does they print the money but companies can't afford to do that so let's continue it says as the price of labor goes up producers will have an incentive to use machines to to replace labor and this you can see in the auto manufacturing industry sure uh, these machines can produce the cars to a much better extent, to a much uh, more reliable extent. They can work all day, all night. They don't get tired. They don't get sick. They don't call in a strike. They just <laughs> call uh, a strike. They just show up and they do their job. They're there all the time. That machine never talks back. It always does its job. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing companies that say, you know, what? we don't need to pay for this. We don't need to have these workers giving us these troubles. Uh, our goal here is not to produce jobs. And I know a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't know, don't realize that a company's job is not to produce jobs. That is not their goal. Their intended purpose is to make money. Profit is not a bad thing. Greed, to a certain extent, is not a bad thing. Now, people talk about how greedy things are, how greedy people are. In business, greed isn't necessarily a bad thing. Greed is predictable. A company that is... Uh, take Walmart that is fighting with Amazon. They are they are greedy to an extent that they are willing to do what they have to to compete against their competition. Walmart, if they want to sell this item, is going to have to sell at a cost that is competitive to what Amazon is selling. And that's what people need to realize. Greed isn't always a bad thing. We we use it as a bad word, but the idea of greed in the business sense is very predictable. As a company, your job, especially if you have shareholders, is to produce a profit 
so that the shareholders can get back their investment, so that they can have a return on their investment. So let's continue. It says, in fact, such replacements are already underway. If you Google robot hamburger to see what machines are being developed, you will see them replace the labor in fast food market uh, uh, <laughs> restaurants. It says producers will also have an incentive to eliminate entry-level jobs. So here we go. When you have a minimum wage, I'm not even talking about raising a minimum wage. I'm talking about having it in the first place. It says it's going to cause people to eliminate these entry-level jobs. And that's exactly the case. Let's say that I have a ride that I want to operate. Let's say I'm opening my own, my own amusement park like Kennywood. And I have 10 rides. And I'm going to hire somebody to run these rides. Now, all you have to do is you have to set people down in this car. You have to make sure that the car is closed and that it's latched. And then you press a button. You aren't expected to know much more than that. Maybe smile once in a while and maybe sweep the floor. You're not expected to know much. So let's say since there's not a whole lot of required knowledge for this ride, and there's not a whole lot of responsibility because there's nothing that can really go wrong. If the ride shuts off, it just comes to a stop. Nobody's hurt or anything. So why should I pay that person $7 an hour when there might be somebody willing to do it for three? If my job is to produce a product, then maybe it might be smarter for me to hire three people at $2 an hour or $2.50 than it is to hire one at $7.50. You understand where I'm going with this? Now, as a company owner, I might say, you know what? I could hire three people for the same price as that one. But I want my customer to have a good time. I want a worker that's better than the minimum wage. I want a worker who's courteous, who is knowledgeable, who is resourceful, you know, who is able to think on their feet. I, I want somebody who's better than average. I want one of the better workers. Well, I'm willing at that point to pay $10 an hour or $12 an hour. I'm willing to say, you know what? This person is so good. I want to keep them on. I'm going to give them benefits because I want to keep them. That's what the free market is about. It's not just a race to the bottom. It is, it is the opportunity to give people what they are worth. If you're only worth $2 and 50 cents an hour as a worker, not as a person, this is where people get hung up. This has nothing to do with your worth as an individual. Just because somebody can, can be a, a neurosurgeon and make a million dollars a year doesn't mean that they're a better person than someone who, who sweeps the streets as Martin Luther King was talking about. They might make more because what they are required to know and the expertise that they're ex expected to have is a certain level. And compared to the person who's streeping, <laughs> streeping, streeping sweets, uh, <laughs> sweeping the streets, Compared to those two, it's it's so much more. Not only did this person have to go through grade school, but now they had to go through college and then uh, medical school and then these you know other levels. You might have two residencies or whatever to do these other things. You understand these people have put in more time. They've put in more effort. That's not to say the person sweeping the streets isn't putting in an effort, but they didn't put in the effort and the time to get to the level of the neurosurgeon. And I'm just throwing out different things. You know, you can make money doing nearly anything you want to do. Heck, there are people on YouTube. All they do is, is show reactions to things. This is a reaction to somebody opening a box and people watch it. I'll tell you what's so weird is these kids today, they're more interested in watching somebody else open a present than opening one on their own. That is crazy to me, but that's where we are. There are people who monetize having a YouTube video. There are people who monetize podcasts. I haven't thought to do that yet. I'd like to do that maybe at some point. 
if people are willing to listen to what I have to say. But there are so many job opportunities out there. My point is this. If you don't like what you're being paid, go somewhere else. If you think that you're worth more, go somewhere else. If you don't want to go anywhere else, but you want to make more, then make yourself indispensable. Make yourself someone who your boss doesn't want to get rid of. Make yourself someone your boss can't afford to get rid of. If you put in the time, if you put in the effort, if you put in the work, if you go to conferences, if you go and if you read books, that's a huge thing. I, I have a stack of books behind me, most of which I've read about a third or a quarter of the way through and then stopped. But I was given a book one time by a previous boss, and it was a book called From Worst to First, and it was about Gordon Bethune, I believe was his name, and he was the CEO of Continental Airlines, if I remember. And I was reading that book and it talked about how he took this airline that was on the verge of bankruptcy and turned it into one of the best out there. If you're willing to read books and to learn and to grow, money is not going to be something you worry about. Excuse me. Now, if money is something you worry about, if you're just barely getting by, then maybe you need to find a good church congregation. Maybe you need to find some friends. Maybe you need to find people who are willing to help you out. Guys, I, I wish I could go on, but I just can't do it. Uh, I'm up against my 30-minute <laughs> limit here on the on the computer. But I hope that you appreciated this, this conversation that we had. I hope you understand that I'm not trying to demonize people. But let me leave you with this. This is what Dave Ramsey said on a YouTube video. He said, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, less than 1% of Americans are attempting to operate their household uh, while the primary household breadwinners make a minimum wage. It's actually less than that. It's about a half of 1%. So guys, this minimum wage is not even a thing. The, mo the It's less than 1% are trying to live on minimum wage alone. So guys, it's a non-issue. Let's quit talking about it and let's get back to work. Guys, thanks a lot. I appreciate your time. Take care.